If you're an entrepreneur in BC, sign up for Canada's Trade Accelerator Program and extend your company's global reach. We help you scale up, develop, and activate an export plan designed to grow your full export potential. The Trade Accelerator Program gives BC-based businesses the training and support needed to become a successful exporter. Go to www.wtcvancouver.ca slash tap and find out more. Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hi, this is Angela Fay, founder of Futureville, places worth living for. I work with independent and geographically proximate commercial property owners on their mindset, business model, and engagement assets to 10 times their happiness, social, and wealth impact. Once we uncover a client's massively transformative purpose, one of my goals is to connect them to market, capital, and talent with a similar purpose. So I attended an Access to Social Capital half-day summit hosted by Spring to see what capital's in the market today. And if you don't know about Spring, you definitely should check them out. So spring.is. They are the only impact-first designated business incubator under Canada's Startup Visa Program. International impact entrepreneurs looking to anchor their business in Canada. And it was at this Access to Capital event that I found out about the TELUS Pollinator Fund and Leah. So Leah is here today. We welcomed her to Canada's podcast to tell us more about what they're doing. I'm super excited to have her here. This is Leah Wing from TELUS Pollinator. Welcome, Leah. Thanks, Angela. I'm really excited to, to talk about the fund and what we're doing from an impact investing perspective. Perfect. Now, before we get too much into the fun, let's just kind of set the scene on you as a person. I mean, I've looked at your sort of LinkedIn resume and you've done a lot of things in uh, in investing and accelerating and women in business. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey to get here? Yeah. So my love for business started as a kid. I used to pretend to be a cashier. I, it, that was my dream as a kid to own a gro- corner store and be able to have my own little business. Um, and that manifested itself in, in the choices I made through, you know, through school. So in high school, I actually managed our school store. Um, we did a lot of projects, uh, junior achievement, um, and led me down the path of uh, pursuing business in, in my undergrad. Um, and there, you know, studied all sorts of elements of, of what it takes to, to run a big business and a small business. Uh, and for me, the excitement wasn't about how do I make the most money? Uh, it was about how do I make things better so that it's easier for customers to find what they need, reduce the friction points? How do we make processes easier? So my parents at one point had a small cafe. And I remember every time I would go in to help out, I would tweak things just to make it a little bit easier from a workflow perspective. So how do you put all the things that you need in, 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 in order? And so that led me down the path of management consulting when I finished my undergrad. Um, so there I was really solving problems at a big scale for large Fortune 500 companies across North America. And part of me loved that part of, of being able to help businesses grow and, and how to make them do better. But my heart was always in working with smaller companies and, and startups. I did a lot of business panel competitions in university, um, worked on one with my now husband, and uh, it, it was fun. He was the engineering technical side. I was the business brains behind it with, with his uh, classmates. And we entered that competition into two competitions for that business plan. 
Uh, we made the finals for both. Um, one was a business competition. One was an engineering competition. And the competition happened the same weekend. So half the team went to the engineering one and half the team went with me to the business one. And I remember the at the engineering one, they actually won for best entrepreneurial plan. And we made the top five for the business one, which was really cool to be able to you know work through this. So that part's always been a part of me. And so why I was really excited to be able to move into the investing side was you know, taking all of my experiences, uh, taking all of the the lessons that I've learned, but also just that keen passion for working and helping build something from scratch to be able to bring that to entrepreneurs and how to get them the access to capital and, and resources they need in order to grow and scale their impact. And are you from Canada? Yeah, I was born in Calgary. Uh, my oh. parents were refugee immigrants from uh, Vietnam. So they, they moved to, to Calgary and... Um, when I was about six, we came out to Vancouver for Expo 86, or I guess I would have been five. And when they came to Vancouver, they realized that Canada didn't have to be cold because they'd only <laughs> lived in Calgary. <laughs> and so shortly thereafter, we moved to Vancouver and I've, I've grown up in Vancouver since. I've, I've had a short stint in Toronto uh, for a couple of years, but by and large, uh, I've, I've been here in Vancouver. Very cool. Well, I grew up in small town uh, Vulcan, Alberta and went to University of Calgary and also yeah. went to Expo 86, by the way. <laughs> so yeah. It was a, it was quite a mind blowing experience, and, and now I'm uh, on Vancouver Island in British Columbia too for the same reason. Yeah, but, uh, it's pretty temperate here, and and I did live in Australia for seven years, so I'm a dual Canadian Australian citizen. But there is really nothing better than this climate here and the uh, yeah. on the coast. <laughs> well, my parents came from a tropical country, right? And so <laughs> for them, it was a, a big shift coming to, to to Canada, especially like those winters in Calgary, and so coming to Vancouver and finding the, the moderate climate, they've, they've never looked back. <laughs> so one thing I want to ask you about is what is social impact investing kind of by definition versus maybe more traditional investing? Yeah, that's a great question. There's a whole spectrum when it comes to investing um, and, and especially from a social sphere. There, you have on one extreme or one end, uh, things like philanthropy, where it's really about how do I do good and not think about the returns aspect. It's really trying to find ways to help solve or, or address challenges that are existing today. On the other end of the extreme, you have um, more traditional investing. And then between that, you have gradients. And so um, as you move away from more traditional investing, you're starting to see the rise of something around uh, called uh, ESG-focused investing. So that's really about screening out um, certain sectors or industries, uh, mostly from a risk adjusted perspective, right? So, you know, is their governance in place? Are they making sure that right. they've got the right standards? But it doesn't necessarily preclude you from operating in certain industries. It's more just making sure that you've got the right level of standards, right? And so, you know, that's one step closer to impact investing. Um, and then where impact investing fits, I, I like to say it's in the middle of the Venn diagram between making sure you're driving profitable growth, but also making sure that you're creating meaningful solutions that are sustainable and that are doing good for the world, right? And so that's a sweet spot we're really trying to play within is bringing together that view of purpose and profit together and not having them as mutually exclusive ends of the spectrum. Love it. Now, just for clarification, what is ESG again, the acronym? Uh, environmental, uh, social and governance. Okay, cool. All right, so we're merging purpose and profit, which is awesome. So let's get into it. How did you get to the Telus Pollinator Fund specifically? What was your attraction there? Well, I got to be part of the team that 
built it out from the ground up. Ah, so cool. that, that's how I ended up here. I, I, <laughs> I think I was really right time, right place, right opportunity, right skills to be able to bring this to life. And nice. it really starts with the vision at the top. Our CEO, Darren Answistle at TELUS is very passionate about social capitalism. He talks about, and it's in the shareholder um, letters, uh, at, and he talks about this importance of doing good in our communities, not just because it's the right thing to do, but also because by doing so, we'll do better as a business. And you really see that come to life uh, for TELUS. Um, we've always been rooted in our communities and trying to do good uh, through our philanthropy, um, the creation of our uh, uh, foundation, uh, a lot of volunteerism from our team members through our uh, Telesays Giving um, and many other initiatives, the establishment of our community boards across Canada and now globally uh, to really ensure that we're supporting our, our local communities where we live and work. Um, and then also our community investment programs through uh, programs like our Internet for Good, providing access uh, to Internet for low-income families, or our Health for Good mobile clinics that go into uh, urban areas where uh, vulnerable populations don't necessarily have access to the same uh, care. Uh, and so that's always been part of our corporate ethos of doing all this good uh, in, in our communities. And so one of the things that we're trying to do in, across Dallas is further embed purpose as part of our business. Um, and so every business unit uh, is taking a, a lens as to how they incorporate that. And so prior to being part of the Pollinator Fund, I was actually part of our TELUS Ventures team. And that's our more traditional corporate venture arm, which invests in companies that have a business uh, strategy alignment to TELUS um, and drive financial returns. So while I was in the Ventures team, I was tasked with figuring out how do we incorporate an impact or a social lens to what we do? Um, that led to the creation of a proposal that we put forth in front of our CEO and our CFO. Uh, and they loved it so much. They said, let's go do this. Let's build up. this." Wow. Business. So you nailed uh, it. Right timing. Like you said, right, right goal, probably right evolution of society and, and commerce and capitalism where things are going. They're kind of, you know, leading much more to abundance in the future. Right. So. Um, yeah. I, I just have a little bit of a curious question. So Telus Ventures was actually a, a fund set up before in order to build or invest in outside companies, right? And Correct. so the Pollinator Fund is a similar structure, but a different goal. Would, would that Correct. be a fair? Okay. And so, I mean, Telus is renowned as a, you know, your transactional relationship to most people is as a communications provider. So... I'm curious here, this is now, that was your main core business, and yet you have this little, I'll call, I call it an EXO, uh, exponential organizational uh, edge project, right? So you have this extra revenue stream on the edge, which is actually helping fuel the ecosystem. Would that be a fair analogy? Well, I would say it's bigger than that. If you look at TELUS over the last 20 years, we've really transformed beyond become, being just a traditional telecom. Mm -hmm. um, right. Yes, we have all of our traditional services like your home phone, uh, your your high speed Internet TV, and then we moved into smart security. Um, but we've also built out a very robust digital health business. Uh, we've launched a TELUS agriculture business. Uh, we recently had an IPO for our TELUS international business. Yeah, and so what going on? We're not, old, we're not an old school telco anymore, right? <laughs> um, and I think that's what 
um, surprises a lot of people uh, about how we've transformed. So when you start seeing all of those other building blocks of TELUS and zoom out and you see all these other elements, you realize now that having a corporate venture arm like TELUS Ventures investing in these new opportunities and new segments makes a lot of sense, right? Absolutely. Because wow. of trying to find where those new verticals, right? I always think of TELUS um, beyond being a telco is our core competency is about connecting people and data. That's at the crux of everything we do. Um, and so when you look at that and you apply that to our other businesses, it makes a lot of sense. In health, it's a lot about connecting the dots between your providers, your pharmacies, your insurance providers, wow. your patients, right? In agriculture, it's the same thing. We're really trying to disrupt and, and ensure that there's easier access and flow of that information to make things um, more streamlined and easier for farmers and ranchers and food producers to, to make the right decisions, to increase transparency. Wow of their supply chains, right? TELUS International, that business started as call center off, uh, outsourcing for um, other other companies that didn't necessarily want to, to focus on that. Um, and is now expanded to be a full service digital solutions provider, service integrator, and uh, business process outsourcing as a whole, not just on the call center side, right? So you see, when you start putting all those pieces together, now you see like the broader picture of TELUS. We're not just this telco okay. that you grew Thank up with. Yeah, that's a really important context, right? As far as everything that you're doing. And I see a whole nother podcast dedicated to health and agriculture, being a farmer's daughter and, uh, oh, <laughs> and in Vulcan, where we have a mandate to live long and prosper and, and accelerate longevity of, of humans. We have a whole entire idea forming there. But um, let's get back to the Telus Pollinator Fund. <laughs> so tell me specifically, and really my goal is to provide kind of the steps and the, and get people mobilized to saying this is a real opportunity and access to capital that I could, um, you know, I, I could have a reasonable chance at accessing and then understanding why, why would they want to access this particular fund and uh, what, what are your criteria? Yeah, so that's a great, it really starts with what are we investing in because that will help companies understand what we're looking for. And so the mandate of our fund is really about how do we drive remarkable human outcomes for Canadians across four key areas. Uh, the first is around climate and sustainability. We know that there are a lot of uh, challenges um, to be able to get us to a point where we can meet the 2030 uh, targets around uh, reducing our, our, our global um, temperature um, and, and reducing greenhouse gas emissions. So we're really looking at solutions in that space that are, have measurable ways of reducing greenhouse gas emissions, um, that are reducing waste. Um, and, you know, we're really excited about the circular economy, for example, how do you upcycle things and to be able to then uh, create a, a byproduct out of something that has value uh, as opposed to creating more waste, right? Um, so one of the investments we made is a Washington state-based company called Tidal Vision, which really embodies that and takes uh, crab shells that would have been discarded in the ocean or in the landfill, takes that, converts it to a substance called Kytosan, which then gets used for things like wastewater treatment, uh, for textiles to uh, display synthetic chemicals, um, and has potential use cases in agriculture as well. Cool. Great. So, so that's, that's one, one area of focus. Yeah. The second area of focus for us is around transforming healthcare. So if you think about now with the context of our TELUS health business, you yeah. see now how 
that that makes sense for us to be able to try to find ways to continue to ensure that Canadians have access uh, to quality care uh, and a lot of it through technology and how, and how do we help enable that. Um, the third piece is around supporting responsible agriculture. And as I mentioned, we've recently launched an agriculture business. So our working thesis within agriculture for the pollinator fund specifically is around who does medicine? Because we know that there are a lot of um, linkages between the access to quality food as well as health conditions, but also conversely on how food is produced and, and the impacts it has on the environmental health. So we're really looking at food as medicine in terms of both the uh, the human elements, but also the environmental elements. So localization of food production, how do we reduce food miles that are a big part of, of that theme. And then the fourth theme that we focus on is how to enable more inclusive communities. So it's about building solutions that are enabling more social and economic inclusion. Education is a really big component of that, right? The socioeconomic mobility of enabling education for folks has been proven time and time again, but also ensuring that you know, there's other opportunities to upskill, reskill uh, employees and, and people to reach their full potential. Because oftentimes, you know, it's it's that one little thing that you need to unlock in order for people to be able to really shine. So we're really looking at solutions that drive that. Um, and across the board, across all four pillars, what we really put an emphasis on is understanding how you measure for impact, right? And ensuring that impact is core to your business so that every widget you sell, every customer you're serving, there's a clear demonstrable impact that's associated with that um, so that uh, we know that we're investing in things that are going to scale the impact, not have impact as a byproduct of what they're doing. Right. Yeah. It's actually internal and external, in other words, right? Yeah. So going back to, and we talked a little bit about um, the, the, so we've got the four pillars, the type of company, or let's talk about the geographical location while you're based here in Canada, in fact, based camped here in British Columbia, uh, you mm -hmm. do serve both Canadian companies and global companies looking to invest here? Yeah, because at the end of the day for us, it's about how do we drive outcomes, better outcomes for Canadians. And a lot of those solutions will be homegrown and homemade, um, but sometimes the solutions will come outside of Canada. We know innovation has no boundaries, especially now in a COVID virtual world where you can source innovation from anywhere. And so we're really looking at what are those opportunities that we think will address the issues that uh, we want to, to tackle um, and where are the best resources for that? So now that people know that you can kind of apply from anywhere, do you see like a massive sort of, you know, bottleneck of applications? What, what could be the challenge there? <laughs> oh, I mean, we already have so many applications coming in. It's, it's tremendous, the amount of enthusiasm for the space. I think that the big challenge for us is having enough time in the day to be able to go through all of those. And so we do have to, to filter a bit in order to determine which ones we, we progress. Um, but I would say we, we're already actively talking to companies in the UK, in the US, um, and obviously a lot of companies across Canada, which we're really excited uh, about. Canada's Trade Accelerator Program is presented by the World Trade Centre Vancouver. It provides entrepreneurs access to Canada's top exporting advisors, resources, and contacts, and gives the ongoing training needed to become a successful export trader. Go to www.wtcvancouver.ca slash tap and find out more. Well, and let's talk about the the flow, because I know you're a workflow 
woman had to do when we get from idea. So we think, oh, they could be a good source of capital for me. What what would be the steps to get from idea to commercialization with the pollinator? So pollinator invests in things that are already early commercialization. So if you're still in that idea phase, the best thing for you to do is flush out that idea, um, start testing it out, try to see um, what customers are looking for and, and trial a bit of that product market fit. There are a lot of great incubators and accelerator programs yes. that are out there, a lot of mentorship programs as well um, that you can leverage. Um, but we're really looking for companies that are already in that early commercialization phase, right? So okay. starting to generate revenue um, and are really looking for help in terms of understanding how they can scale or you know refine their product or service offering in order to, to drive more impact. So that's kind of the sweet spot that we look at in terms of when we're looking to invest. Um, you have a dollar amount, Leah, that you want them to be at, or what would kind of be the minimum uh, revenue that they're generating be at before you would look at them? We haven't um, defined a specific threshold from a minimum okay. revenue target amount. I think a lot of it depends on the market that they're in as well, right? So if it's a more mature, established market, then I think the revenue amounts need to be a bit higher to demonstrate okay. how they're going to win. Versus if it's a new nascent market, um, I think it's it's still being figured out. Uh, yeah. I think what's more important to the the revenue amount in itself is what's the trajectory? How are they growing month over month, quarter over quarter? Right. Because then that gives a better as a sense of how they're looking to scale. And then when it comes down to investment, so we've got a trajectory. I'm just going to assume that somebody's on a tenfold trajectory and they've got let, let's start with a million they they're at a million now they want to be at 10 million type uh, just for the case study hypothesis yeah. here and um so they would apply for capital with you do you offer mentorship like what is the process or like one of my you know traditional banks typically they lend you money and then they leave you alone right as long as you're paying the, the premium and the interest that's kind of the basic formula is this different Yes, absolutely. And I, I'm glad you asked that question, because when we think about the investments we make, there's obviously the fit to the criteria that we've talked about in terms of uh, the thematic areas, as well as the impact measurability. Um, one of the other critical dimensions for us is what is the additionality that Telus brings to the table? What is the value add um, right. that we can offer? Because we don't want to just be writing checks for the sake of writing checks. We want to make sure that there is some value that we can offer whether it's uh, tapping into our network of experts um, or different partners that we have in the marketplace, how can we help connect dots mm -hmm. wow. in order to help you grow and scale? Uh, because for us, that's that's the best value of, of, of having telephone. Absolutely. It's not just about the money. Like the money's nice, don't get me wrong. But <laughs> you, what you really want is the goodness of the rest of what Telus can bring. You're like your own little mini dragon's den, but with actual not just investing, but connections and mentors and you know, tech solutions and obviously health and agricultural solutions on the side, right? So exactly. So, you know, there's so many different facets within Telus. Like I know and, and and what's exciting is about how how excited internally people at Telus are and how proud they are of what we're doing with the Pollinator Fund. Right. I've had so many people reach out who love the current job but also love what we're doing and have asked, how yes. can we get involved? How we can help out. Sure. Um and so we we're in the early days of building out a, a plan for how we can get them to help act as mentors or as coaches to the different startups we have, mm -hmm. right? If I'm talking to a startup and they're trying to figure out how to unlock their enterprise sales uh, process, 
well, you know what? We have a whole part of our business that focuses on enterprise sales. So there, there's a handful of people there that have already put up their hands and said like, hey, more than happy to have a chat and, and, and support in whatever way we can, right? right? And so that's that's the magic of, of why TELUS Absolutely. is a compelling investor. It's not just about you get money, but you also have all of these other resources that we can try to tap into to help support you. And I think that's probably one of the most important value propositions here is just the, the community, the support, the mentoring, the almost internal accelerator and incubator they offer within your company. So I think that's amazing. Yeah. Um, one, uh, let's talk about the actual value of the fund. Do you have like a, can we talk about that? Are we allowed to? Now we're a hundred million dollar commitment from TELUS. Okay. Uh, and so what that will look like is in more traditional venture capital world, right? Um, usually there's a carve out for follow on. Uh, so we set aside a part of that as reserve. So for any of the companies that we've invested in, we'll look to double down as they continue to grow. Mm -hmm. um, but a good chunk of that will be saved uh, specific for direct investments in companies. Okay, perfect. And what are you finding that people are applying for so far? I mean, I know you're reasonably early out of the gate, but what kind of are they applying for? 10 million, 5 million, 50 million? What are they applying for? Oh, well, I mean, 50 million just would not happen given our, yeah. our size of funds. That would be like <laughs> one investment and we'd be done. Um, so it, it's, it's across the board. And I think this is where ensuring that the entrepreneur has a better sense of what the ask is, right? It isn't free money. So it's not like, hey, tell us, can give me a, a whack load of money? It's actually an investment for an equity stake in your company. So, yeah. okay. you know, we really implore the entrepreneurs to think through what does that look like? What is the ownership then mm -hmm. um, that you're giving up in order to uh, have the investment from TELUS? Um, and what is it that you're looking to, to drive from a value perspective, right? Um, so I think the that's the main thing um and 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 so the amounts um are anywhere ranging from a few hundred thousand to a few million okay. uh, uh you know we have a a a target of of the, the size of companies that we're or size of checks that we're looking to write um and it depends on the nature of the company the impact they're generating the size and scale of where they're at um but i would say checks initial check sizers are going to be sub 2 million for the most part yeah. What about the other end? I mean, you're you were. Um, I mean, I've been involved in investment deals before where they have an equity stake, but you always have a buyout, right? At, at some point, is would that be your game? As far as um, you know, in as you negotiate a, a deal, is there a buyout option? In terms of buying us out or buying the entrepreneur, buying you out as an equity stake, or would or would the intention be that you are in it for the long haul? Yeah, I mean, I think we keep our options open, right? Like at the end of the day, it's what at what point is the the business at, and does it make sense for them to bring on additional investors? Um, at the end of the day, we're we're trying to make money off of this investment, right? Yeah, of course. Um, and so there is an element of liquidity that comes into play, whether it's being bought out, whether it's the company going public, um, right. uh, whether it's an acquisition by another organization, right? So there's, right. there's different scenarios that are there um, that can be contemplated. We don't have a fixed, it must be, you know, X amount of return per investment. Um, right. But right. the goal is to make money on every investment that we make. Absolutely. And I think that, uh, and, th and then that money just gets reinvested back into doing more great stuff in the world under the Telus brand. I love it. 
Yeah. At the end of the day, it's about not just making money as, as much as, you know, we've kind of emphasized that point just now. It's about making sure that every investment we make actually has a clear way that it's demonstrating impact, right? So we, and, and, and that's a very selective filter that we have in terms of ensuring that, right? So we've had companies that we've talked to, which they're great financial investments, but they're not the right fit from an impact perspective, right? It's not deep enough for what we're looking for. Um, and so it's, it's really making sure that we hold ourselves to accounting for both sides of, of that, not just the only impact or only financial, it's bringing those both together. Leah, how big is your team? Right now, we are a team of three. Um, it's myself, uh, Blair, who's our managing partner, and Gwen, who's our uh, EA. Um, we're looking to grow and add four more team members this year. Um, okay. So we'll bring ourselves to seven. And what were the, what those roles be? What, uh, how were you going to grow yourselves? Uh, it's going to be a mix of both investment roles, so building out the team so that we can increase how many investors we have on the team, but also bringing on someone from a, a strategy perspective as well. So as we continue to evolve um, our, our fund, we'll want to make sure we have the right support for that. Awesome. Well, one of our goals at uh, Canada's podcast is really about networking entrepreneurs coast to coast across Canada. So, our, mm -hmm. you know, we have seven hosts, we, we, or eight hosts, I think right now, we are across Canada. And so um, sometimes some of the best in innovations are on the fringe, right? In these uh, rural communities where innovation and resourcefulness has to happen. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, while I know you're probably base camped in most of the major urban centers, that's part of my goal was to bring you onto the show, you know, get us into uh, having having it on a podcast that people everywhere can listen to so that, you know, it increases the chances of, of people in more remote and rural areas, even to be aware of. And then, you know, let's uh, and global audiences, too, for all of those who are listening we get a lot of Brazil and, and American and, and UK listeners here too. So uh, know that everybody has potential to uh, tap into Canada as a fantastic resource. I have one last question about Canada, Leah, and your experience. Um, do you think we have a geographic distinctiveness or advantage uh, as far as getting capital and, get, and connections to entrepreneurs that, are, that have Canadian roots? I think there are a lot of great programs that are out there and a lot of funds that are focused on growing Canadian talent. I think we're really proud of who we are and our identity on a world stage. And if you look at a lot of great companies, even in the US, there's a lot of Canadian connections in that, right? Um, so I would say there, there's a breadth of talent. I think the, the biggest challenges are often about location of, of being getting access to those right networks. And I think what you're doing with this podcast is a great example of how to broaden that. Um, and I think uh, because of the move to digital, it's actually accelerated the ability for people to be um, in disparate locations, um, but still have these types of conversations more easily now. Um, you know, I've been talking to some entrepreneurs based on the opposite coast in Halifax. Uh, which in a more traditional world would be much more difficult to do because I don't go to Halifax very often, if ever. <laughs> um, but now I'm more easily, um, the norms have shifted a bit to make it easier for folks like that to be able to gain access to these types of networks. Uh, so, so I think that's kind of one element. I think from a social finance perspective, though, um, in Canada, I think we have an opportunity to continue to grow. The Paul Nader Fund is one of the first large funds of our type here in Canada. Um, 
and and one of the first corporate impact funds that are in Canada. Right. I look globally in the UK, in the US, there's so many more examples of that. And so I think, especially for socially oriented entrepreneurs, that part's been a bit more challenging because they, they, they there's still a lot of education in the market that has to happen to help um, people understand that investing in a social entrepreneur is the same as investing in an entrepreneur, period. It's just about what their focus areas are and that there is still opportunity to make money in this space. And that's why I'm really excited and proud of what we're doing with the Pollinator Fund, because we're trying to prove out that thesis that you can do good and make money at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive concepts. And through that process, really wanting to help bring others into the market, because there are a lot of folks that are what are deemed impact curious where they're thinking of it, but they're still thinking of impact from a philanthropy lens and not from an investment lens. And we really want to transform and shift the tides so that we're like our peers in the UK and in the US, where they're doing a lot more of this social finance innovation. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, so that's really the forefront of, of, of where we think we can go. Do you see opportunity for more corporate social impact funds? Oh, absolutely. I think this is just the start of it, right? Yes. And I think as more companies start to uh, understand the opportunity that's there, I think you'll start seeing some of them come in, right? I think you see a lot of that right now on the climate side specifically. Um, so Mark Carney joining Brookfield, for example, and launching a multi-billion dollar climate oriented fund is a great example of how people are moving into this space in a big way. Um, and I think there's gonna be more shifts of that over time. And I, yeah, and I'll add to that. I think uh, that's a little bit of the future of, I see, uh, you know, places, actual communities having their own social impact funds and corporations that are that are in those, lo- those locations to fuel their own uh, sort of entrepreneurial ecosystem, but also having a global impact. So I look mm-hmm. forward to watching this space and I'm going to raw, raw champion uh, Telus Pollinator Fund as a bit of an accelerator for the concept of, of encouraging companies to develop their own social impact fund. Uh, Leah, how do people get a hold of you after today? What's the best process? Well, the best process, if you're looking to apply to our fund, is to go to our website. It's uh, telus.com backslash pollinator fund. And on that site, um, you'll be able to find a web form to fill out. Uh, We encourage folks to include a deck or a link to a deck because that gives us just a bit more insight and information um, to better understand what you're about. Um, so that's the best way if you're looking to to apply specifically for the fund. Um, but if more generally you're looking to connect, um, then you can reach me on LinkedIn. Uh, so it's uh, Leah Wing on on LinkedIn. And I think there's a few of us, but if you look for the one that's based in Vancouver, I think I'm the only one in Vancouver still. So Fantastic. Leah, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on Canada's podcast. And we, uh, we're proud to be able to accelerate your message to to both Canadian and global audiences. Thank you, Angela. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to chat with you, get to know you a bit, um, and really just share what I love so much about what we do here at the Pollinator Fund. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thanks, Leah. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye. For BC Entrepreneurs, Canada's Trade Accelerator Program has been successfully operated by the World Trade Center Vancouver since 2017. The Trade Accelerator Program gives BC-based businesses the training and support needed to become a successful exporter. 
go to www.wtcvancouver.ca slash tap and find out more.